It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Back in third and final hour of the program here on Friday. And joining us now, as she does each week at this time, is New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And joining her today is Ward 3 Councillor Sean Oliver. Good morning, Councillors. How are you? Doing well, Tim. How are you? Doing all right. Good morning, Doing all right. Tim. Are you, are you both recovered from uh, last weekend's feast festivities? It was a, it was a long, long, long week, but uh, it, was, it was a great week. And I think I'm fully recovered. How about you? Uh, well, I, I had a, a different kind of weekend. I had a family emergency, so I didn't get down to the feast. But it oh, seemed. So yeah. Oh, thank you. No, everything's fine now. But it's, it seems like it was a, a probably. You know, I've heard people say best one yet. So. Yeah, it was okay, well great. attended. It was great, and I, it's the first time I remember in a long, long time that they had four days with no precipitation. Yeah, there, it, there was the threat for uh, yep. what was it Saturday that they or Friday night there was the threat, but it held off. Yep, well, good for them. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, everybody had a good time, and I'm glad that everybody had a chance to recover. Uh, we've been talking a lot uh, w- about the the ballot question, about whether or not this charter review can happen this year. Uh, I know that you said, Council President Morad, that you don't see it as something that can get done on the calendar in the time that is left. Uh, I know that uh, Catherine and Paul are continuing their effort to get people to call in to make it happen this year. I just want to ask you, Council President Morad, again, to reiterate why you think the, the, the time frame to get it on the November ballot is, is too short. Because, well, because if we're going to do a charter review um, and we're going to have a commission assisting us in doing it, there, there's quite a bit of research and quite a bit of work. And in, in my opinion, a lot of pre-discussion that needs to happen around this issue. And it's not just the council that will need to be involved. Um, the administration will be need to need to be involved, and so will our legal counsel and the solicitor. And, you know, whether people like to hear this or not, generally legislative bodies in July and August don't take up matters like this because, you know, it's downtime. You know, we've just finished the budget process. We've had a very interesting year this year from a legislative perspective. So we're not going to hold all these meetings in the month of August in time frame to get this on the calendar. In addition, you know, it's, it's my personal opinion anyway, as related to the issue of terms of, um, of service for council members, which is what that ballot was for. It wasn't for all elected officials. Um, you know, that's not necessary at this point in time. And if we're going to do that, as I said last time, I think it's important that we look at not only the council, but all the bodies that are elected and make sure that going forward, we tie the election cycles together so that it's not just one group that's on the ballot. I mean, from that perspective, we're working against voter turnout. So those are the reasons why I believe that we should have a methodical discussion about this and not rush into something like this uh, because, you know, a couple of folks are concerned about, um, and again, I said this last time, about myself and Councilor Gomes. 
Well, I mean, uh, to, to be fair, it's not a couple of folks. They, they had over 2,700 signatures. That's true. They're not verified. So I don't know if, the, if those are really voters. Um, I don't know if they're all actually city residents. I, I don't know. But, you know, I, we're not getting the feedback, Tim, that uh, I think the petitioners thought we were going to get. We're not being inundated with calls or emails from people uh, telling us to do this. And in fact, you know, in, in most of my situations and the people I talk to, uh, as I'm walking, you know, in the community, they're, they're not talking to me about that issue. They're talking to me about the important things in our city that need to get done this year. Well, I don't so know what comes up. I'm sorry. Well, I was, I was going to say, so uh, all, the things that you mentioned were all things that I think would be part of the discussion of a charter review. From my understanding, it's going to take a couple of election cycles to get this going. So the first step is just to have a question asking the citizens if they want to see a charter review. So we couldn't have that question on the ballot in November to just say, do you want us to initiate this process? No, because I don't think the general public understands what that is for. I mean, that's why we would want to have discussion about what it is we're trying to do so the general public is aware of those discussions. Then we would, and, and again, with the administration, not just with us. This isn't just a council issue. When you're talking about the charter, you're talking about city government. And so, and then at that point, we would release information. We'd have public hearings. I want people, when they go to the ballot, um, to decide whether we need a charter review commission to know what they're voting on. Um, you know, I just, it's not just as simple as having somebody walk up to a petition table and say, will you sign this petition? I mean, uh, we're talking about changing city government process. Um, and I just believe that that needs to have discussion and um, it, the public needs to be aware of what we're doing. I don't see that happening between August 11th and August and September. I forget what the date of the next meeting is. It's certainly not going to happen by next uh, Friday. Uh, Councillor Oliver, your take on that. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to interrupt there. No. I um, <clears throat> I, I concur with uh, Councillor President Morgan on, on a lot of things on this issue. Um, you know, I don't, I, this isn't something that I feel, um, and I, I know a lot of folks feel that shouldn't be rushed. Um, is it something that needs to be looked at when we think about it on the grand scheme of things, when that, the charter review is as old as it is? But, um, like, like, like it's been said, this is kind of like the city of New Bedford's constitution. So to rush it to ballot or to have very little discussion on something as, as grand as this, I think is, um, is, is, is not, you know, the, the route to go. I think there should be some discussion. I mean, let's, let's, let's turn to the nip band that we just had here. A lot of folks in the city think that it was just, you know, hastily done, um, and, and voted on really quickly, and now it's, you know, starting to come to fruition. You know, is that a process that we necessarily want to have um, with something as, um, as complex as our city charter? And I, and I, um, I welcome the conversation and look to, to have some, some um, you know, hearings coming forward. Um, but I, I think that that's where we have to start here and, and not just um, rush this thing to the market, if you will. Yeah, that's a good analogy, actually, Councillor, um, about that issue. You know, a lot of people didn't know till the last minute, Tim, that the licensing board and some people found out after the fact was going to have that discussion. So it's a, it's exact. It's a very good analogy. Well, I, I think yeah, and and certainly having a 
prolong, you know, putting off the vote also allows for a prolonged discussion of exactly what you want that charter committee to be charter review committee to be to be looking at. So then you have time to air out everything that could possibly be uh, on the table for that, which, you know, I, I understand that process for sure. I also understand the frustration of the petitioners to say, you know, that we thought we were doing things the right way. It wasn't. We could do it this way. Let's get it done. Uh, but this this way just takes a little bit longer. Um, Absolutely, you know, and and I and I can understand, you know, folks' frustration on on an item like that. You spend some time doing something, um, only to find out that it fell a little short. But um, this isn't—I don't think it's an issue that'll go away. And I, I think that all everyone together, working together, um, can can initially get something done. But I, I'm not sure if rushing this in the next few months is is the, the correct process. I don't know. I mean, I, I know Council President Morris feels the same way. So. Well, let's um, let's talk about something the Council President Moore that we discussed last week a little bit, but that was going to be coming up for discussion uh, last night, but is but ended up not happening. The City Property Committee was supposed to review the ninety nine proposed ninety nine year lease for the Zyterian. I got a look backstage. I went on the backstage tour, the behind the scenes tour yesterday, and heard all about all the different things that they have planned, and it's they're really building it for the next one hundred years. They're just looking to get that lease for the next 100 years. What what happened with that meeting? So, um, Council Giesta, who's the chair of the property committee, as we all do, um, you know, reached out to those that we had invited. Uh, I think she reached out on Tuesday uh, to say, hey, you know, we're all set for the meeting, et cetera, et cetera, only to find out that there's a new lease. And evidently the new lease isn't even finalized yet. So, you know, first of all, it's not, I'm sorry that this this seems to happen quite a bit. The administration changes things at the last minute. Um, from what Council Jester told me, there's substantial changes to the lease. And, you know, it's not, most of my colleagues have full-time employment. I mean, it's, this is a large lease, like 50 odd pages long, uh, to ask the council to read that uh, new lease that isn't even finalized, you know, within 24 hours and have time to talk to legislative council, et cetera. Uh, just didn't seem to be right. So uh, she reached out again to the city solicitor, and they agreed that, you know, at this point in time, we should forego any discussion on the lease that we were presented originally. They'll submit a new lease to us sometime in the near future, and we'll have the discussion sometime in the month of September. So how how long had you had the previous lease to to go over it before the meeting was planned? Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was sent to us in early June. Um, as part of the regular mayor paper process for review, uh, Councilor, I don't know if you have it in front of you. Um, I, I actually, actually, I actually do. It was it was um, the uh, it was in mid June, so we had quite yeah. some time. And to, to you know, like I said, I, I work nights um, personally, you know, so I come home like I take some cat naps during the day before I really start my day. So it's it's tough to squeeze in something as as large as that to to really make sure that we're you know, we've got our I's dotted, our T's crossed with such a long lease. You know, people, when you hear a 99-year lease, um, again, I don't think that's something that we just want to uh, rubber stamp our name on. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's unfortunate because, um, you know, I, I wish I wish somebody would have reached out to the council prior and said, listen, because if it wasn't for Council Jesta, we would have had the meeting and been tabling the item. But, you know, you put a lot of resources into getting the meeting done, inviting people, et cetera, et cetera. 
I, you know, I just wish in the future when there's those kinds of changes, you just reach out and let us know so it's not last minute. If it wasn't for Council Giesta, as I said, reaching out saying, hey, we're all set for tomorrow, we wouldn't have even known that there were major changes in the lease. Well, and the frustration of that that process, I, I understand, but there's there's real no rush to get this done, right? I mean, it's not like there's somebody else knocking at the door to come in and take over that space. <laughs> That's true. Right. <laughs> yes, that's correct. There's one, there's one person interested in that building. That is correct, yes. But, you know, the frustration with this for us also is that this was presented to us, another lease was presented to us probably a year ago. And, you know, we've been at the administration's request holding off, holding off. So I don't know. I just don't understand. I don't understand the process from the administration side. I know there's a lot going on, you know, throughout the city, but... It would be good to be able to do some of this stuff and put it in the dung pile. I want to also, I don't know if you've had a chance to take a look at the report itself or, or read any of the reporting on it, but I wanted to ask each of you about the Jensen Hughes report that was released about the, the police department recommending changes and, and, you know, saying basically the police department is doing all the right things and they're, they're, they're doing good work there, but there are some ways they can improve. And some of the suggestions that were made uh, included the building of a new police headquarters, the further consolidation of the, of the North End stations. Uh, Councilor President Moore, have you had a chance to look at it and do you have any reaction to to what the report says if so i have not been given a copy of it i see it's out on your website i do plan to read it um unfortunately i didn't know there was a press conference yesterday i did reach out to councillor gomes who's the chair of public safety he was not aware of it either um and so i i really can't comment comment on it i, I will tell you though that i'm so glad to hear that there is a request to build a new police station and to consolidate services in the north end because that's one thing that the administration and i agree upon 100 percent. that should be the next major project in the city and uh, to locate it you know in in the in the near north end so that there's access etc and to consolidate like we did in the south end council oliver did you have a chance to take a look at it or i um i have i haven't looked at it um I, I, again i wasn't <clears throat> me aware that um, that there was um, a press conference uh, around this but I did I, I've seen some of the cliff notes and things like that that I do agree with I I, I fully support um, a centralized police uh, uh, station uh, I think that um, you know we have an ample opportunity to, to really um, uh, consolidate some of these I mean let's talk about uh, Rockdale Avenue that I, I believe when that was uh, initially presented that was kind of a temporary fix and that's been that's been there for you know probably 30 plus years now so it's something that's long overdue um and then i think one of the other uh, things were maybe separating some of the rank and file um with the um the, the, um, the captains things like that that's something that the, the um department of correction already does we have two separate um uh, unions, one for the body, and then some for the administration, as far as captains and, and some of the higher-ranking officers. So, I think keeping that separate gives it a little bit um, of, um, of it, it, it just helps. It, I, I, it, you're not you're not really peers, um, and I think that that would be something that um, you uh, would be nice to bring to the Bedford uh, Police Department. Yeah. So I was. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry, Councilor President Moore, I didn't mean to cut no, you okay. off. I mean, I was just, it's, it's just too bad because, um, you know, throughout any time that I've been Council President, and I know that most of the other Council Presidents try to do this as well, 
always try to make sure that our colleagues are aware of things before you know press conferences are held because um, you know we're obviously in the community and we're obviously part of the leadership of the city and you know you all want to be on the same page but unfortunately this happens quite a bit and you know here you are asking us about something that happened yesterday afternoon and um, you know neither of us can answer this question it's it's too bad it's it's not it's it's not a good way to present a united front I mean, if I can just kind of chime in from the media side of it, you know, sometimes finding out about something 24 hours in advance isn't enough time. Oh, that's true. I agree with that absolutely, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I agree as well. I mean, you know, I, I learned about the smoke testing that I, I'm sure we're going to talk about in, in a few minutes. And I immediately, you know, reached out to my colleagues to say, hey, you better know about this because, and then went to the Department of Public Infrastructure and got the details so that everybody's aware because, I mean, this this stuff is, it, it's in our community. It happens in our community. Uh, the leadership of the city, both the administration and the legislative body, uh, should be in tandem on it. And you're right. Sometimes it's 24 hours is not enough time. Absolutely. Uh, Councilor Oliver, I just want to ask you a question related to the, the, the division of the two unions in, in the in corrections, like you said. Uh, so I, when I first heard about that, the idea that they would separate the police uh, the, you know, the, the, the rank and file officers from the administrators and have two separate unions. That was the suggestion. I said, does that kind of cut down on some of the, the quote unquote brotherhood of them all being in the same union together? But you say that it actually works well that way because they're, they're not equals. They're not on, on an equal playing field in terms of, you know, their responsibilities and, and what they have to do. So having that separation has actually been beneficial. Um, it, it, I, I've been I've been a member of the uh, the Massachusetts Police um, Police Chief Susan uh, Massachusetts uh, uh, Correction Officers Union for uh, ten years now. Um, it's a practice that they've been they've used my entire tenure there. Um, it seems to work. It still it doesn't um, in my opinion it doesn't affect uh, camaraderie or, or or anything like that amongst the the ranking officers and the the, the body. Um, there's there's certain things that are important to um, the, some ranking officers that aren't as important to um, the the body. Um, so it's it's good to have two separate unions, um, you know, fighting for these particular um, things. When it's one body, um, it's kind of like a universal um, band aid for everything, um, and uh, this lets them. It allows the, the two separate bodies to dial down on the issues that really affect. That, that body that's being asked, whether it's the general body of, of officers or the, the, the ranking officers, um, like I said, it's just it's, it's almost like two different um, things that we're kind of everybody wants more money and more time off or something like that. But when 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 you start to dial down to the smaller issues, it's better to have that uh, that different union body. Totally get that. Uh, you had mentioned, Council President Mora, those the smoke testing coming up for the the underground sewer lines. Can you can you give people an idea of what's going to happen and what they can expect? Yeah, I mean we do a lot of testing uh, periodically throughout the city on those um, lines because, as you know, there you know, many of them are very old and we don't want a catastrophic issue. And uh, so this is another version of testing, I guess, and it's going to be happening um, next week. And it looks to me from the details we got, Council Oliver, I don't know if you uh, had a chance to look at that, that it looks like it's going to be north of Hathaway Street in the first round. And um, they're going to be, there's a schedule and there's going to be a press release coming out so that residents can look at it. I know you'll post it on your website as well, Tim, to show specifically each day what area they're going to be in. 
And as they forced this smoke through the drains um, and the sewer outlets, you could see smoke coming out of the ground. And, of course, that will make people think there could be an electrical fire or something like that. But what this basically is is, you know, them testing to make sure there's no blockage in the line and that the smoke is, is flowing uh, freely through the sewer and underground lines. And I guess there's a possibility as well if you don't have traps. And if you don't have traps in your house, especially in basement apartments, et cetera, that stop the backflow of water or sewage, you should, uh, you know, talk to a plumber and get those installed. But if you don't happen to have that, you know, there's a possibility that the smoke could actually enter the home. And there's um, on the uh, press release that's going to be coming out, there's a whole bunch of cautions for people and what steps they should take, et cetera, if in the rare case that happens to happen. So, so, so you, Oliver, you, you, ha you said you had some experience with that. Yeah, the smoke tests are pretty common in in a lot of uh, applications, uh, just cars in general. They, you can run a smoke test on cars because a, a lot of things are not. When we think of a leak, um, we think, uh, especially in plumbing, we think of like visible water, but um, that's not the only that's not the only possibility of a leak. Could be a vapor leak, a gas leak, or something like that. So these are invisible to us. So by forcing a you know a, a system with um, smoke or fog, um, we're able to see those leaks and hopefully address them before they become uh, bigger issues. And this is this is going to be your first real test of getting all those constituent calls, <laughs> Councilor Oliver, when you've got hundreds of people calling you saying, why is, why is the ground on fire? my toilet. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, we are just about out of time. Uh, I know that um, today uh, there will be the ribbon cutting for the new Child and Family Services location on Church Street. Um, I don't know if, uh, if both of you will be there, but I'm sure the council will have a presence there. Well, actually, it was yesterday, Tim. Oh, no, that was yesterday. I, Sorry, my, my fault. I was yes, misreading. And, and yes, we were both there. Um, Councilor Markey, Councilor Burgo, and Councilor Pereira joined us. So it was a very nice event. It's a beautiful facility. Yeah, I, I was uh, looking at some of the plans that they had there, and it's it's really going to make a, a difference and, you know, a more welcoming place for people to come into when they when they have issues that need to be addressed. So next week, Council President Morad, it'll be yourself and, and Councilor Brian Gomes joining us. Yes, that's correct. And just one more thing about Child and Family Services. I know we both feel this way. You do, too. They do great work in our communities because it's not just New Bedford that they service. And uh, that organization is 180 years old this year. We're going to wow. celebrate them at our celebration meeting in October. But uh, for 180 years, they've been taking care of the communities. And uh, thank God for them, really. And, and think of all the things that used to happen with kids back in those days, the way they would treat them and how much yep. we've advanced because of organizations like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. absolutely. All right. Well, thank you both for joining us. I hope that you have a great weekend. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, you too. Take right. it easy. Thank you, Tim. Bye-bye now. That is uh, Council President Linda Morin and Councilor, War 3 Councilor Sean Oliver. We will uh, get your reaction to what we discussed there when we come back after the news. But now it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. President Biden is calling on Congress for $24 billion for Ukraine. But some congressional Republicans have been hesitant to put any more money towards Ukraine's efforts as the war continues with no signs of stopping soon. A CNN poll released last week found 55% of Americans believe Congress should not authorize additional funding. Former President Donald Trump's Truth social media platform tipped off the FBI in March about a Utah man who was shot by FBI agents this week. 
Agents shot and killed Craig Robertson Wednesday while issuing an arrest for president for threatening to kill President Biden as he visited Utah on Wednesday and Thursday. NBC News reports Truth Social notified the FBI about Robertson in March. Russia has launched Luna 25, its first lunar lander in nearly 50 years. Its uncrewed craft lifted off this week in eastern rural Russia. Russia's last unmanned landing on the moon was in 1976. Drug and gang-riddled Ecuador is now under a state of emergency. This comes off the heels of a presidential candidate killed by an assassin's bullet at a campaign event. NBC's Richard Engel fills us in after six people have been arrested. Presidential candidate Fernando Villavicencio was surrounded by bodyguards leaving a campaign event in Ecuador's capital as he was getting into a truck. You can hear the gunfire. He was shot in the head and killed just two weeks before the election. The lawmaker and former journalist was running on a pledge to root out corruption and organized crime now terrorizing the streets. The president says assassins tossed a grenade as they escaped. At least six people are under arrest. Drug violence is skyrocketing in Ecuador, with gangs fighting over roots and turf. The number of suicides in the United States is at an all-time high. According to the new report from the CDC, roughly 49,000 Americans committed suicide in 2022, nearly a 3% increase over the prior year. Half of those suicides involved firearms. And the spirit of aloha is fueling a collective response from Maui's sister islands as a massive wildfire rips through the Valley Isle. Nika Magahis reports. Aga Convoy with Aloha United Way in Honolulu, Oahu, says they've set up a Maui Fire Relief Fund. We are actively coordinating efforts with Maui United Way to provide immediate relief. Convoy says all the money raised will go to benefit Maui's wildfire victims. The nonprofit also operates a statewide helpline providing information about emergency resources and services to all Hawaii residents. Those in need can call, text, or chat 211. To donate, visit auw.org. Nika Magahis, NBC News Radio. In sports, the Boston Red Sox beat the Kansas City Royals last night, 2-0. They welcomed the Detroit Tigers to Fenway Park tonight. First pitch is at 7-10 p.m. Meanwhile, the New England Patriots lost their first game in the preseason to the Houston Texans last night, 20-9. The Pats head to Wisconsin to face the Green Day Packers Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Well, today we're going to be mostly sunny around the area and high near 83 degrees. Overnight tonight, we're going to be clear. It's going to be a great night to get outdoors, a crisp low 57 degrees. And for our weekend, Saturday, partly sunny skies, high near 81. But by Sunday, we're going to become breezy in the afternoon with a 30% chance of an afternoon thunderstorm. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 71 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Good morning, all my amazing friends in mass. This is Brett Michaels, and I am bringing you the party crawl along with my good, awesome friend, Tim Weisberg, and the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM.
In 508-996-0500. If you're thinking about heading out to get yourself some breakfast, whether it be today, tomorrow, Sunday, I want you to head on over to Just Another Phoenix, located on Fawns Corner Road in North Dartmouth, because I always tell you that they have amazing specials, and they have some amazing specials prepared for this weekend. So in addition to all your regular breakfast favorites, and I still say they have some of the best cheese rolls around. But in addition to everything that you can find on the menu every day, these are some special breakfasts they've cooked up just for this weekend. And I'm going to give them to you. Are you ready for this? Get ready. If you haven't had breakfast already, you're going to be running out to get some of these because they sound incredible. How about a buffalo chicken and mozzarella cheese omelet? $13.95. You want some pancakes? You want some more pancakes? You want some more pancakes? S'mores pancakes, $10.95. A southern omelet for $13.95 that features sausage, onion, peppers, salsa, and cheddar cheese. You can get two eggs with Cherise, $9.75. You said you wanted pancakes, right? How about Oreo pancakes for $9.95? And the Elvis Texas French Toast Featuring banana, bacon, and peanut butter for $10.95. Those are the specials today and this weekend at Just Another Phoenix, located on Fawns Corner Road in North Dartmouth. If you can't stop in and eat breakfast in the restaurant, you can call up and order it. Say, I want to get the s'mores pancakes. I want the Elvis Texas French toast. I want the Southern omelet. Whatever it is that you want to order, you call up and order it. You can go and pick it up from their drive through window. It's that easy. You don't even get out of the car. Super easy to get a delicious and unique breakfast from just another Phoenix in North Dartmouth. So uh, if you do get one of those, let me know what you think about it. Uh, I have all of my carbs saved up from this week <laughs> so that I can have some French toast. Although, and I always say, you know, I, I, don't, I don't usually get pancakes when I go out to eat, but both s'mores pancakes and Oreo pancakes intrigue me quite a bit. Maybe, maybe I can get one of each, one, one pancake of each, not one order of each. I can't eat like that anymore. 508-996-0500. We've got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. <laughs>
back in 508-996-0500. Uh, there's a lot that we can discuss. We're going to talk more about the police report, the, the Jensen Hughes report. We're going to talk more about that. We can react to what the counselors told us, especially, you know, Council President Morad laying out why we can't have that charter review commission question put on the ballot just to start the process this year. You know, I had asked her, I said, I understand all that stuff will come with the review, but why can't we just start the process? And her explanation was there's not enough time to get out to the voters exactly why there would be a need for a charter review process, which I know some people might hear that and sound like, well, it just sounds like she, she doesn't want to do it. That's not true. There would be time to educate people, but also think about it. If, if that was to be put on the ballot, and it failed, the folks who were pushing for it would say, well, there wasn't enough time to let people actually know what a charter review would have done. So people went into the ballot box uneducated about it. And if they if they knew what it was about and what we could do with it, then they might have voted differently. So I see, I see the point. I see both sides of that for sure. Uh, we can talk about that. But right now I want to talk about making sure that your home is energy efficient, that your home is protected against the elements, making sure that your home is what you want your home to be, that it is as beautiful as you picture it in your head. And you can get all of that done by talking with Precision Window and Kitchen Incorporated from New Bedford. They have been doing this for decades. They know what they are doing. They're the people that the other guys go to for advice, for materials, for help with some of these projects. So why not cut out all of that and go right to the source? Go to Precision Window and Kitchen. You can visit them at 1111 Cushion Avenue in New Bedford. Check out their showroom. See some of the materials they work with. They're actually building materials right in the back. If they're coming into your kitchen to put in new cabinets, they're building them behind the showroom. If they're coming to your house to put in some new nice double-pane windows, they are literally creating those windows behind the showroom. That's the... The way that it works, it's direct, it's here, it's in New Bedford. It's not waiting for stuff to come in. They've got it on hand. They can get the job done quicker. They can get the job done better, whether it be replacing windows, replacing screens, replacing doors, or even replacing your roof. They can do it all. Check them out online, precisionwindowandkitchen.com, and you can find out all the different services they offer and sign up to get a free quote. Again, precisionwindowandkitchen.com. If you want to call into us, 508 996 0500. I'll read a couple of app chat messages that came in during our talk with the counselors. Uh, NB resident says the general public that actually votes is aware. Just because a charter review is conducted, it doesn't mean changes have to be made. It's just a review. If voters don't vote for it, then it's done. Why waste more time? Uh, Jack in New Bedford says, how does Mr. Oliver reconcile his votes? He voted the same way, except for rent stabilization. And Wally in New Bedford says, Tim, please ask Linda Morad what happened to the grant that was in place to replace the water lines during COVID that we didn't have to pay for. Uh, and as she has said before, you know, they, there was the issue with applying for that at the time, but that they can reapply for it. We can have her explain that a little bit more in depth next week uh, when she comes back on with us. Or if she wants to send over a, a statement about it, I'll, I'll read it on the air. But um, those are, you know, that smoke test is something that we will certainly remind you of because we want to make sure even people that didn't hear that segment aren't wondering why there's smoke coming up from the sewers or, or possibly coming up uh, from their own basements. So 508 996 Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Catherine. How are you? 
Okay, thanks. There's smoke coming out of my ears, not out of the sewer. <laughs> well, that's just we're just that checking for our, leaks, Catherine. No. The smoke Excuse is me? just a check for leaks. That's all. So don't don't be concerned about it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, it's good to know. Um, that's utter nonsense uh, about that. President Morad said that's a way of dragging out the process and hopefully uh, killing it. Um, they have time. They have a couple of city. They have a city council meeting. They can vote next Thursday to get this um, commission review on the ballot, and the commission review delegates on the ballot. Um, I sent Naomi Carney, uh, Councilor Carney, a, a copy of the ballot that was used in Newton, Massachusetts. Both questions were on the ballot. That way, it would only <clears throat> be a two-election process. The way President Morad is talking about it, it's if it doesn't get totally buried, it'd be at least a six, uh, a, a, at least a three-cycle process. That's utter nonsense. People are not stupid. We can learn how what this means and vote about it. So you feel like if 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 it was on if it was voted for in the next couple of meetings and it was put on the ballot, you feel like people the citizens would have time to know what it means before they go in the ballot box to vote for it. Absolutely, yes. And would you would you would you assume some of the mantle of having to get out there and educate people about it too? I've been trying all along. Mm -hmm. Ever since we've learned this, you know that, and mm -hmm. of course I would. I'd go on the radio whenever anybody wanted. <laughs> Absolutely. That's well, better. I mean, as much as I'd like to think, you know, that uh, as goes WBSM, as goes New Bedford, there's a lot of voters out there that don't listen to the radio, too, that would that would need to know about this this issue. Well, we've got the Facebook group uh, and any other way anybody suggests, could suggest and I could do it. I absolutely would. Matter of fact, maybe I'll have a, a sheet ready for the uh, um City council meeting next week to hand out to people. It, it sounds like what you need is you need one councillor to, to put forth the motion. Have you had conversations with anybody that has indicated they, they might be willing to at least make the motion of getting it on the ballot? Um, councillor Carney said that she would put it on the agenda. I would hope, although it's for different reasons, that she's in favor of having the review. She is in favor of having the review. Mm-hmm. Because from her perspective, what she has said, and I agree with this part, too, of course, <laughs> it hasn't been done since 1939. And I know that uh, Mayor Mitchell doesn't see the need of having an entire review. <clears throat> but, you know, a lot has changed since 1939. And uh, it, it absolutely should be reviewed. I, I disagree with him strongly on this. Well, uh, and again, Council President Moore had said that there haven't been calls into the office about, you know, needing to do this. So if you want to reiterate to people to, to call in and, and have their voices heard if they want to see it happen. Well, that's nonsense because we have people calling us, telling us they've called in. But yes, absolutely call all of the city councilors, 508-979-1455. Uh, that's their number for all. Say you want the both the um, commission review and the list of delegates for the commission on the ballot in this fall. No reason not to. And do the same. Call the mayor. Say the same thing. 508-979-1410. All right. Well, thank you for the and, call. Uh, oh, sorry. Good. And I'll be listening to... Sorry. No, it's me. Um, if anybody has additional ideas for how to spread the word, I'd be happy to hear them and do what I could. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for the call. You have a great weekend. 
Thanks, Tim. You too. Bye. And I do have to take my final break of the morning. Before I do that, I will remind you that coming up at 9 a.m. at SeizeTheDeal.com, we are going to have a special buy one, get one deal for gift certificates to the Old Grist Mill. If you want to head out to the Old Grist Mill in Seekonk, one of the oldest restaurants around, uh, you can get $50 in gift certificates there for just $25 starting at 9 a.m. this morning at SeizeTheDeal.com. I'm going to take a break, my final break of the morning, and then we'll be back to wrap things up. going to wrap things up here in just a few moments and turn things over to Chris and Marcus for South Coast Now. They've got a great show planned for you, as always. You know, their Friday night South Coast Night shows were legendary, and their Friday morning South Coast Now shows are no different. So you want to make sure you tune in for that. You also want to make sure that if you're out there looking for a nice, cheap, affordable lunch, that you head on over to Alianza Restaurant because they have what they call their Quick Bite Lunch every weekday from 11 to 4. You can get any sandwich except steak with fries for just 6 bucks. They'll package it up. You can take it with you to the beach, to the park, wherever you might be going. So stop on by Alianza on Cove Street in New Bedford and get that Quick Bite Lunch Six bucks for any sandwich with fries except for steak. And that's, if that wasn't a good enough deal already, during the summer months, if you eat outside at their nice outdoor dining area there at Alianza, you will get half price apps. Half price apps when you dine, dine outdoors at Alianza. Again, it's located on Cove Street in New Bedford. Today is Friday, so today's special is the octopus. Head on over there and try it. They prepare it two different ways, and uh, it's amazing. I love the octopus over at Alianza, but everything there is great, including those quick bite lunches. Check it out at Alianza Restaurant on Cove Street in New Bedford or find them online at AlianzaRestaurant.com. That's going to do it for me. I am out of time. I am going to work on those two uh, articles I was telling you about, the behind-the-scenes tour of the Zyterian, which I think you'll find very interesting. I took a, a number of photos. And then also this nice little gallery I'm putting together of some vintage photos of WBSM. And if you have any old WBSM photos you want to share with us that I can add into that gallery, send them on over to me, Tim at WBSM.com, and uh, we'll add them in there. And we'll give you credit for sending them over because